Now, I wonder if we could turn in our Bibles uh, to the Gospel of John, chapter 8, and we'll read from the 12th uh, verse. Um, John's Gospel, chapter 8, and beginning our reading at the 12th verse of the chapter. John, chapter 8, and beginning at verse 12. Then spake Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. The Pharisees therefore said unto him, Thou bearest record of thyself, thy record is not true. Jesus answered and said unto them, Though I bear record of myself, yet my record is true, for I know whence I came and whither I go. But ye cannot tell whence I come and whither I go. Ye judge after the flesh, I judge no man. And yet if I judge, my judgment is true, for I am not alone, but I and the Father that sent me. It is also written in your law that the testimony of two men is true. I am one that bear witness of myself, and the Father that sent me beareth witness of me. Then said they unto him, Where is thy father? Jesus answered, Ye neither know me nor my father. If ye had known me, ye should have known my father also. These words spake Jesus in the treasury, as he taught in the temple, and no man laid hands on him, for his hour was not yet come. Then said Jesus again unto them, I go my way, and ye shall seek me, and shall die in your sins. Whither I go, ye cannot come. Then said the Jews, While will he kill himself? Because he saith, Whither I go, ye cannot come. And he said unto them, Ye are from beneath. I am from above. Ye are of this world. I am not of this world. I said therefore unto you, Ye shall die in your sins. For ye believe not that I am he. Ye shall die in your sins. Then said they unto him, Who art thou? And Jesus saith unto them, Even the same that said unto you from the beginning, I have many things to say and to judge of you, but he that sent me is true, and I speak to the world those things which I have heard of him. They understood not that he spake to them of the Father. Then said Jesus unto them, When ye have lifted up the Son of Man, then shall ye know that I am he, and that I do nothing of myself. But as my Father hath taught me, I speak these things. And he that sent me is with me. The Father hath not left me alone, for I do always those things that please him. As he spake these words, many believed on him. Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, If ye continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed. And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. They answered him, We be Abram's seed, and were never in bondage to any man. How sayest thou, ye shall be made free? Jesus answered them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Whosoever committeth sin is the servant of sin. And the servant abideth not in the house forever, but the son abideth ever. If the son therefore shall make you free, ye shall be free indeed. I know that ye are Abram's seed, but ye seek to kill me, because my word 
hath no place in you. Amen. We know the Lord will add his blessing to the reading of his precious and infallible word to our hearts for his name's sake. Let's unite together at the throne of grace in prayer. Our gracious and our loving Heavenly Father, we turn to thee afresh. We enter into thy presence. O God, come near to us and bless us. We'd ask thee that we might know that the Lord is here and that to bless us. O God, we thank thee that where two or three are met together in thy name, there art thou in the midst. Come and meet with us in abundant measure. For it's in Jesus' precious name that we'd ask these things. Amen. My text uh, tonight is uh, verse 36. If the Son therefore shall make you free, ye shall be free indeed. One of the values that is so very valuable to people in this day and generation, and indeed every generation, is the value of freedom. People will fight for freedom and strive for freedom and work for freedom in so many ways. In America, on the 4th of July, they have what they call Independence Day, and it is when they celebrate their freedom uh, from Britain. And in their constitution, there is a declaration of independence. And among the things that are in the declaration of independence is that there are certain inalienable rights that people have. And among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And of course, that is something that people have been searching for for thousands of years. And the quest for freedom is a theme that is taken up in the Bible on many occasions, right from Genesis to Revelation, right down the thousands of years that are compassed in the writings of the Bible. We see men looking for freedom, and this theme of freedom, we go away back to Genesis, and we go back to the creation, and where man lost his freedom, that perfect freedom that he had in his uh, conscience and in his will was lost when he sinned by taking off the forbidden fruit. And that uh, loss of freedom has had long-term effects right down to this day. And in the Old Testament, we read many times of the records of God's people being brought into bondage, uh, into physical bondage by different people. By, uh, we think of the Egyptians recorded in the book of Exodus, we think about the Babylonians, the Assyrians in the historical books. And this loss of physical freedom was often associated with their departure from the word of God. When they turned away from God and from his word, then there was that loss of freedom. And this theme of loss of freedom because of sin is one that runs through the word of God from beginning to end. There is slavery because of sin. And we think of how people in this day, they are looking for freedom. And it is a testimony again to the fact that they don't feel and know that freedom. But of course, people are looking for freedom in the wrong place. They're looking for uh, freedom from the restraints that God would put upon them in the word of God. We live in this permissive society, as they call it. And it's a day when people have demanded the right to do whatever they want 
if they feel that they want to do it, whether it's perverse, whether it's immoral, and there is that freedom that is demanded today in the name of immorality, freedom to be immoral. And the strange thing is that immorality has been demanded in the name of freedom today, and they uh, look to be free to all their inclinations and their lusts. But they don't see that when they go down that path of sin, that it is leading them inevitably into a greater bind and into a greater bondage than they have had before. Because sin always, as we say, brings you into bondage. It might be the bondage of drunkenness. It might be the bondage of drugs or violent crime or something else. Or it may be a lesser kind of habit that begins to form in your heart and in your life. But always sin brings people into bondage. And the clarion call is for freedom. And we wonder if there is such a thing as freedom. People have been looking for freedom in, uh, in, in, in the money and the riches that they're looking for. They've been looking for freedom in all sorts of ways. And they haven't found that freedom. And perhaps we wonder if there is such a thing. But I'm glad to say tonight that the Bible gives us the answer to whether there is freedom or not. There is freedom in the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible says, If the Son therefore shall make you free, ye shall be free indeed. The case is not helpless or hopeless. There is hope tonight. Christ offers us freedom. And he offers us the power to gain that freedom. There is no deluding here or pulling the wool over our eyes. This is real. There is true freedom in the Lord Jesus Christ. You remember how that when the Savior opened his ministry, how he went into the synagogue one day and he was asked to read the scriptures. And you remember what he said. He spoke of the liberty that would come through him. He said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives and the recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised. And it says then when he had finished reading that and he closed the book and gave it again to the minister and sat down and the eyes of all of them that were in the synagogue were fastened on him, and he began to say unto them, This day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. The liberty of the captives, the setting of the captive free, he says, This day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. And I want us just to think of the real, true freedom, liberty, that is found in the Lord Jesus Christ tonight. And there are a number of ways in which the Lord sets us free. Now he brings us to ultimate freedom. There is freedom at the end, and the end of salvation is to make us perfectly free, free from sin, free from everything that ties us down. But even in this life, there can be that measure of freedom that the Lord is able to give us. And I want us just to think for a few minutes about those liberties that we gain in the Lord Jesus Christ. 
And first of all, I want us to think about freedom from the blunders of life. Real perfect freedom comes at the end. But even now, dear friend, you can have freedom from the effects of sin in your life. We think of how the Lord Jesus here says in verses 31 and 32, it says, Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, If ye continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed, and ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. And there is the answer to the blunders of life. And I want you to think about the reason for the blunders. We make mistakes. We make errors in our lives. There are many things. I'm sure tonight, as you, each one of us, sit and think down upon our lives about the different things that have taken place, there are many regrets. As you look back across your life, there are many regrets that you have, those mistakes that you've made, those errors that have taken place in your life. Maybe you regret that you didn't spend your time better at school. Or maybe you regret that you didn't stay longer at school or at your studies. Or maybe you regret that you didn't take the advice that somebody gave you. Maybe you were on the wrong path and you're going down a wrong place and there were different people who came and said, don't go down that path. Don't uh, be doing that thing. And in your stubbornness, you went on and you soon found that the people that had been warning you were right and they had given you good advice, but you were down that wrong path. There are many of us, I'm sure all of us, that have done things like that, stupid things in our lives. We have things that we regret, things that we know that we shouldn't have done, things that we have done that uh, we shouldn't have been involved in. We maybe have been sucked in to these things. There are those that have been sucked into a life of criminality or into a life of drugs or into a life of drunkenness. And others just, they haven't gone that far, as we've said, but they've been sucked into a ha habit of sin and we're born in sin and shapen in iniquity. That's our nature. And it's, that's why we make mistakes. And you know we can think about the blunders and call them blunders and mistakes. But really they're the result of the sin that's in our lives. It's a result of the nature that we have. We have a nature that is against God and turns. And so we, we go against the word of God. And the old man is still there even if we're saved. And we begin to do things that we shouldn't do. And as soon as we do those things, we get ourselves into trouble and into difficulty. It, all of the difficulties and all of the problems that we face in this life are because of sin. And you can see it there in the portion of Scripture. You can see the Lord was saying to these Jews, continue in my word. If you know the truth, the truth will make you free. And the reason why they had uh, got into trouble was because they didn't know the truth and they hadn't followed the truth. And dear friend, I say to you tonight, it's always wise to follow the Bible. It's always wise to do what God has said. And if you're not saved tonight, the first thing that you need to do is to tr trust in the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior. You've got to put your trust in the Lord Jesus Christ tonight. But I want you to see the reason for the blunders. 
But also I want you to see the remedy for the blunders. I am glad tonight that there is a, a, a remedy for the mistakes and the sins. He says here, If ye continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed, and ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. When he says ye shall know the truth, you remember that the Lord Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And when he says ye shall know the truth, yes, it is to know the truth of the Bible, to know the truth of the Scriptures, but more than that, it is to know the Lord Jesus Christ himself. Do you know him? What do you, know, what do you need when you're in darkness? You need light. What do you need when you are going the wrong way, when you're making the wrong choices? You need the truth. And the Lord Jesus is the light. He's the truth. He is the one who brings life to the fullness. And he's the one who is able to bring a life of blessedness and a life of peace. And dear friend, what you need to do, as we say, is listen and respond and obey the precepts of God's precious word. He is the one who is able to bring that peace. And listen, men, women, our life is like a vapor that's passing away. It is going so very swiftly. And are you going to use your life making mistakes and blunders and going down a road that is against the word of God? The Lord has made us. The Lord knows the best for us. He knows what we are. He knows how we are designed. And he knows the right path to take. He's the truth. He directs us in the truth. And if you're going to spend your life going on the road that is a lie and a road that is false, you're going to waste your life. You have only one life. And it'll soon be passed. And only what's done for Christ will last. Why waste your life? Why go on a road of lies and falsehood and keep on making the same mistakes time and time again when the Lord Jesus has said in his word tonight, ye shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. He says, if the Son therefore shall make you free, ye shall be free indeed. So there is freedom from the blunders of life. But secondly, I want you to see the true freedom, the freedom that the Lord Jesus Christ gives, brings freedom from the burdens of life. You know, we are weighed down by many burdens today. We were thinking about it a little bit this morning when we were thinking about the uh, the Holy Spirit, who is the comforter that God sends to his people and dwells in the life of God's people. And of course, that is part of how the Lord uh, deals with the burdens of life. But I want you to see that the, the text says, If the Son therefore shall make you free, ye shall be free indeed. And all of us have experienced those times, maybe when we're overcome and overwhelmed by our burdens, our patience and hope wears thin. Our energy is drained. We feel the weight of our responsibilities. And there are so many burdens. This world, benighted by sin as it is, is a, wor a world of troubles 
and turmoils and the body grows weary and tired. And maybe you're feeling that today. And I want you to think about the reality of our burdens. Oh, 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 there are the everyday burdens. We think of this fallen world and the trials that we bear. And maybe there are financial problems that you face. Maybe there are health issues, family relationships, troubles at work, abuse, past regrets, sins, ailments, the death of loved ones. All of these things come upon us at different times in life. And they make us feel burdened. And they get us down and we maybe are, they are beyond what we can bear at times. And there are many things, the true weight of those burdens are those that we carry day by day. And those burdens, as we say, are as a result of the fallen world in which we live. But then, not only are there the everyday burdens, they're the evil burdens. The burdens that come as a result of our sin. And the Lord Jesus one time spoke to men and women and gave them an invitation. And in the invitation he said, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden. Heavy laden. He described them as being heavy laden. In other words, they're carrying burdens that were too heavy to bear. And you think of the great picture that was painted by um, John Bunyan in The Pilgrim's Progress of Christian making his way to the celestial city. And he set out from the uh, city that he was traveling from, uh, and he was making his way. And at, at first, he was carrying a massive burden. There was a burden on his back. And dear friend, I wonder today, are you feeling a burden? It's the burden of sin, not just the burdens of everyday life, but the burden of sin. You see, conscience can bring a burden. Oh, dear friend, maybe today you're feeling that in the pit of your stomach. You're feeling the awful uh, feelings that something is wrong, something you've done that is wrong, and you're feeling that conscience speak, speaking to you. And maybe you try to rationalize your actions at times, but you know that something is wrong. You feel the guilt. I remember reading about a psychiatrist one time, or a man that was being shown round the hospital by a psychiatrist, and he said that about half the patients that were in his psychiatric hospital were there because of a guilty conscience. And dear friend, you're carrying that burden. But whom the sun sets free is free indeed. Maybe you're carrying a burden of guilt. Oh, dear friend, a burden of conscience. But maybe there's a burden of guilt there. You know, we read about old Herod in the book of Acts. And Herod loved pleasure and he loved dance and entertainment and display. And one day his, his mistress's daughter was dancing before him. And she so pleased him that he said, I'll give you right to the half of the kingdom. And remember how the old mother who hated John the Baptist asked for the head of John the Baptist. And John the Baptist's head was given to uh, this woman in payment for a dance. And that struck Herod to the conscience. And he felt the guilt of that. 
And he felt that ride down through the years that didn't leave him. And then years later, another man, a man of God, came into his presence, the Apostle Paul. And he reminded him of John the Baptist. Indeed, he thought it was John the Baptist raised from the dead. And my, the conscience struck him. My, there he was, burdened because of conscience. Remember the day, too, when the Apostle Paul was uh, summoned before Felix, and Paul preached Christ to Felix, and we read that Felix trembled. And the word trembled there means that he was stricken. It actually means that there was an actual physical trembling, that his knees knocked together. He was so afraid. Dear friend, maybe tonight that guilt has stricken you. And there's a burden of sin. And you're feeling the guilt of your sin. Oh, dear friend, we see that there is that burden of sin. But then I want you to see the remedy for the burden. And I'm glad tonight that we have the word here. If the Son therefore shall make you free. The same one who is able to deal with the uh, blunders of life and the sins of life is able to deal with your burdens. He's able to set you free. We read in Isaiah 53 that he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him and with his stripes we're healed. All we like sheep have gone astray and have turned every one to his own way. But the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. And he came from heaven's glory. And he came into this sin-cursed world. And he went then to the cross of Calvary. And he bore our sins in his own body on the tree. That we might be freed from the guilt of sin. Oh, that guilt that was weighing us down to hell. Thank God it can be forgiven. We can stand justified in the sight of God. And as the hymn writer said, Oh, my my sin, oh, the bliss of this glorious thought, my sin, not in part but the whole, has been nailed to his cross, and I bear it no more. Bless the Lord, bless the Lord, oh, my soul. And dear friend, if you're stricken, Because of conscience or guilt, there's a remedy tonight at the cross of Calvary. Oh, the record can be wiped clean. It says in Hebrews 9 and 14, How much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal Spirit offered himself without spot to God, purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God? There's freedom from the blunders of life. There's freedom from the burdens of life. But one more thing, there's freedom from the bondage of life. If you look at verse 34, it says here about the bondage that people are under. He says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, whosoever committeth sin is the servant or the slave of sin. Captive, held captive. I don't know if you recognize that, dear friend. I don't know if you can see it. Inevitably, probably you don't see it because the blind, the, the devil has the minds of those that believe not blinded. 
lest the light of the glorious gospel should shine in onto them. We are so used to sin. We, we are so used to people around us sinning. We have been born with a sinful nature, and the way that we conduct ourselves is sinful day by day, and therefore we can't really see. We, we, we can't recognize the bondage because it's all we're used to. Say, for example, that you were born in a prison, and all that you'd ever known was the four walls of the prison, and that's your world, and that's all you've ever known and all you've ever seen, and you don't realize there's a, a freedom, there, there is a, a, a vesture, a, a, a visage of things outside. You've never seen the trees. You've never seen the hills. You've never seen the sunshine. You've never seen the river rippling through the valley. You've never seen any of those things. You don't know they're there. And you don't know that you're in bondage. And that's the picture of the sinner tonight. Hell blinded, the Bible says, by the devil. And you don't know that you are bound captive. You are in the slavery of sin. But oh, that God would open your eyes. Open the eyes of the captive to see, to give you a longing to get out of that place. To get out of that place, that, that uh, death cell that you're in. That, that place where you are waiting for the uh, final uh, decapitation, as it were where the death sentence will be brought upon you. Oh, dear friend, can you see the bondage of sin? Somebody once wrote, so an act and you reap a habit. So a habit and you reap a character. So a character and you reap a destiny. And every act that you do is sowing that character and bringing you into bondage gradually. So many people go by public opinion. What other people think? What other people say? You can see it in the world at the present time with the madness of people um, with the transgender thing and saying that men can be women and women can be men and all the rest of that. And uh, they cannot... They cannot see the lies that they're following. But because everybody's doing it, follow the crowd. Are you following the crowd? Are you in bondage to the crowd? You know, Martin Luther, the great reformer, wrote one of his best-known books, and he wrote it about the character of man. And the title of the book in English is The Bondage of the Will. The Bondage of the Will. You're bound held and fettered. You know, you think you're free. You, you, you know, the permissive society, we want to be free to do what we want. What do they want? They want the loss and the pleasures of the world. They want to abandon God. That's what they want because they're in bondage to that. That's the, 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 when people are set free as they think they're free, they're only free to do what their will wants them to do. They're only free to what their sinful nature dictates to them. And dear friend, you think you're free. You think you're free. 
but you don't know anything about freedom. Be not deceived, the Bible says. God is not what whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. And there's a consequence for what you're doing. You throw a stone into a pond and it sends out ripples. And you can't stop the ripples. But they're going, and, and the bondage is as effective as that. You, put, you start with a sin and it sends out ripples. And your life is in bondage and addicted to certain sins. Well, I wonder tonight if that's you. And you don't even recognize the sinfulness of your heart. But not only do we see the tyranny imposed by sin, but the liberty enjoyed through Christ. And once again, we come back to what our text says. If the Son, therefore, shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. No, dear friend, Charles Wesley wrote the hymn, Long my imprisoned spirit lay, fast bound in sin and nature's night. Thine eye diffused this quickening ray. I woke, I woke. The dungeon flamed with light. That's what we want for you. You're in that dungeon of sin. You've never seen what's outside. And we want God to give you a quickening ray so that the dungeon flames with light. Then he said, my chains fell off. My heart was free. I rose, went forth, and followed thee. That's what you need tonight. You know, in the book of Romans, Paul wrote in chapters 3 and 4, he speaks about the doctrine of justification by faith. And then in chapters 5, 6, uh, 7, and 8, he gives an explanation of the results of the doctrine of justification by faith. And one of those great results is the breaking of the bondage of sin. When you become a Christian, sin's bondage is broken. One day we'll be with Christ and we'll experience the fullness of the breaking of that bondage. But even right now, those habits, those things that enchain you and entangle you, those things can be broken. Christ is the answer to your need. Whom the Son sets free is free indeed. He says, If the Son, therefore, shall make you free, ye shall be free indeed. But I want you to notice the wee word if. The wee word if, if the Son, therefore, shall make you free, ye shall be free indeed. Not everyone is going to be free. It's only if the Son makes you free that you'll be free indeed. If you want liberty, it is him, it is Christ that must liberate you and must bring you to that place of liberation. And dear friend, surely it is the fool that will not seek for that liberation. Oh, dear friend, that your bondage may be broken tonight. And how can it be broken? You go to Christ. It is him and him alone that is able to break the bondage of sin. And he says in John 6 and 37, All that the Father giveth me shall come to me. And him that cometh to me, I will in no wise cast out. 
You say, how can I get the bondage? Come to him. Come to him. Come to him in repentance. And he says, if you'll come, he'll no wise cast you out. If, therefore, the Son shall make you free. Are you in there? Are you free? Are you one of those that are spoken of in the text? Oh, dear friend, be wise tonight and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior. Will you come and trust him tonight? Let's just bow, please, in a word of prayer. Our loving God and our gracious Father in heaven, we thank thee for thy precious word tonight, and we thank thee for the freedom that there is in the Lord Jesus. We thank thee that thou dost break the bondage of sin. Thou dost set the prisoner free. We do thank thee tonight for that wonderful freedom that there is in the Lord Jesus Christ. Give freedom to sinners tonight and bring them to thyself for Jesus' sake. Amen. Amen. We'll turn to the hymn uh, 701 as our closing hymn tonight. And when you're turning to that hymn, there is a sum of money that was found outside the door uh, yesterday, I think it was. And if you have lost a sum of money, speak to us uh, and we'll get it back to you. Or maybe we'll put it on the plate later on if nobody comes. But if you know of somebody that's lost a sum of money, then do let us know, please. 701, come to the Saviour, make no delay. Here in his word he has shown us the way. Here in our midst he's stand, standing today, tenderly saying, come. We will uh, sing the first and the last verses of the hymn and we'll stand as we sing. Loving God and our gracious Father, we pray that thou wouldst part us in thy fear and with thy blessing. We pray that the blessings of God that make rich and add no sorrow with them 
may be our portion both now and in the incoming days. For Jesus' sake, amen. Amen.